0: Hey guys, welcome to the Men's Leadership Network. Uh, This is our summer edition, and we are so excited to kind of be together today. Uh, We know many of you guys are traveling and hope that you're having a great summer. Hope maybe you're getting some time with the family and maybe taking a vacation. And so we're going to do a couple of these this summer just to keep uh, what God's doing in our lives as men uh, on the radar screen and keep it before us. And we're excited about today, and then we're going to come back And in the fall, we'll kick off our brand new series, so September 10th. And so today, we've got this great opportunity. This is Thomas Hunter, and Thomas is usually the host of the Men's Leadership Network.
1: That's right. It seems like we've stepped up the caliber of the (laughs) guest here over the summer. We brought you in. (laughs) Brought you in from host to sitting at the table. So uh, Big promotion.
0: I know. And I'm excited you're here. I mean, I really am. This is great. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're talking about... Financial pressures sure. and then financial freedom. Sure. And I don't sure. know about all the other guys, but I know for me personally, the summer sometimes really stretches that's us. That's right. Uh, financially, it's hard because we've just come out of tax season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have just moving into the summer. We're spending a lot more money. We're Vacations, traveling. travel. That's right. Exactly. And especially having three kids, yep. it seems like there's yep. always something I'm paying for. You're doing something. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it used to be like, here, Dad, you know, $5, and now it's 20 bucks. You know, it's <laughs> like, what? So... Uh, I just, I'm really glad that we're talking about this today yeah, because I think it's good. going to be helpful. Sure. And uh, I hope, guys, that this is really helpful for you. It's going to be helpful for me. Um, but Thomas, tell us a little bit about you.
1: Yeah, so um, yeah, my wife, Jess, Jessica, and I have been married for 10 years in September. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're both, I guess you could say she's a local and Brentwood resident. I've lived in Brentwood my entire life. Uh, we met at Tennessee for, uh, for school. We actually met in Costa Rica on kind of a mission trip, alternative spring break. Uh, and then came back to the area and uh, have just been thrilled to be back in such a vibrant community. Uh, we found Rolling Hills about that same time ten years ago, have loved uh, walking that journey with you and being involved in a lot of th- different things with church. Uh, we have three boys, we have Tripp who is our oldest, he'll be four in October, and then twins Jack and Crew uh, who will be two in August. So we're right there with you with all the madness of the summer. So. Um, thrilled to be doing this. Uh, from a from a work per, uh, standpoint, I got into financial planning 11 years ago, right out of college. Uh, in college, I studied supply chain management and then double majored, majored with a finance degree. And it was real interesting at that time. Um, you know, it was actually conceivable to come out of college and get a job, <laughs> unlike today. Yeah. Um, and at that time, there was a lot of demand in the logistics supply chain field, uh, but I always had this calling to do something different that had some more impact on uh, person, personal lives and impact on uh, individuals. And so it was real interesting. I had a mentor that was encouraging me to maybe pursue the idea of getting into the wealth management, financial planning uh, type of business. And uh, as a 22-year-old, you don't know a whole lot of people with a lot of resources and a lot of funds. And so that was a, uh, a risk um, but I saw some great opportunity there so I uh, started down that career path 11 years ago and have looked up now and uh, have been blessed beyond means and uh, have a really good uh, you know working environment and just thrilled to be uh, using my gifts both on the uh, supply chain side which is kind of a problem-solving uh, side of my mind but then also the finance side to work with people so it's wow. been great. I love that, I love yeah. that.
0: And I love your heart because you really see the opportunity to help people sure. you know and you do you help a lot of people Tell me this, just in, in the way you um, see working with clients and then what you see with your sure. friends and everybody else, uh, and then even people at church, but why why does money put so much pressure on us as men?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a big deal. Yeah, and uh, you know, <laughs> Callie, where, where do you start? We could do an entire, you know, seven-week series on, on financial yeah. pressures, right? Um, you know, I think, it's, I think it's on both sides. One, um, you know, money is, is, uh, is, is, is kind of something that society benchmarks each other on. And so it's mm-hmm. out there in society. It's always in our face. Wealth is out there. The desire for wealth is out there. Um, the struggles and the stresses that come along with financial uh, issues are out there, and they're abundant. They're abundant in our workplace. They're abundant in our marriages. Mm-hmm. They're, they're everywhere. So you can't get a, a, away from it. Um, uh, on the flip side, as men, it's in our DNA to be providers. Yeah. And so uh, we've been wired that way. It's our job. You know, if, if, it, if it wasn't money uh, at some time in history, it's been food, clothing, provision, uh, protection, et cetera. Money is our uh, you know a method of provision mm-hmm. and uh, and so as men there's always going to be a pressure to be a provider and money is kind of just right there with that and so uh, it's something that's out there uh, you know on the flip side it's real interesting if you take some looks at uh, you know the stresses that come with the attempt to accumulate money there's also equal amount of pressure that's out there with people that have accumulated uh, you know, resources and finances. They're under different pressures, but we're all kind of wrestling with that. So it's in our DNA. Um, the other thing is, you know, we're told uh, in, in Scripture, and I know we're going to get into some more of that, but uh, in Scripture we're told that money can be the chief competitor for our heart, mm-hmm. okay? So we're wired to be providers. Um, that comes straightly down, straight down to the idea of providing in a financial standpoint. But also we're told that as... Uh, sinful men mm-hmm. um, that we're going to have competition for the areas of our heart and what is on our throne and the throne of our heart and mm-hmm. a lot of times in our society the pressure is money mm-hmm. um, and, and, and you know I was talking with some co-workers um, just about this topic and just brainstorming and it's it really rich and uh, you know stories about when I grew up we lived in a 15,000 square foot home. When I grew up as a 1,200, no, uh, 1,500 like, wow. uh, square foot home. When I grew up as a 1,200 square foot home, and and when now you drive around Williamson County, Davidson County, affluent parts of town, and uh, the homes are larger. Mm-hmm. The cars are more expensive. Education costs more. Uh, you were teasing about giving the girls a couple bucks to go to the movie or you know get a treat. Now it's $20. Yeah. So everything is kind of ramped up. So the pressure is there. It's in our face. Uh, and so as men it's just important that we start to educate ourselves on what is healthy mm-hmm. uh, around financial uh, pressures, and then you know it's a second part. It's education, developing you know some some core understandings about financial pressures and what what's healthy. But then the second side is what are some tangible things we can be doing. Yeah. So yeah. I know we'll get into some of that.
0: Well, I, I, tell me because uh, this is such a big deal, and I, I don't know about everybody else, but this is one of those pressure points in our marriage. You mm-hmm. know, and and I love my wife; she's amazing. Uh, but when we got married, you know. I'm a saver, right, Right. and and she's a spender, and not in a bad way, you know, but when she gets a raise, she's like, shoes, you know, (laughs) and I'm like, no, let's put it away for retirement or something, and so we had to really work on that. How have you seen this money pressure impact marriages?
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, the statistics are out there saying that money is either number one or number two root causes of all marital disputes, Mm. okay? Um, Somewhere around 35, 40% of marital disputes focus on finances and so it's out there, yeah. and, uh, and and again I think um, certainly causes stress, but a lot of that comes from a lack of communication mm-hmm. and so what I've, what I've seen in working with clients is exactly that I love, it's one of my favorite parts of my job, is if you can get a husband and a wife in a meeting together, mm-hmm. and if you're just meeting them for the first time, or even if you've known them for 10-15 years and you can ask that question, are you a spender or are you a saver and they've never talked about it, mm-hmm. and they're re- they know kind of the DNA of the the other individual but they've never really verbalized it and so the idea of just educating ourselves on how does your spouse communicate around financial issues how is that like how you may view things and how is that very different and what you learn is that you're taking two people that uh, for the most part, aren't educated on how they, uh, they think themselves about financial issues. Mm-hmm. They have no idea about how their spouse has been brought up in that area. And you're attempting to merge that household, and, you're, and there's going to be friction. Mm-hmm. There's bound to be friction. Mm-hmm. Even if both are right, uh, there's bound to be friction. So um, financial pressure is obviously in marriage. The other thing that I would say, and it's just kind of interesting, is uh, and this is back to you know, what does society say about money? And then, you know, what does scripture say about money? And so society's out there, and it says, think, think about what we've done. We've largely, and none of this is bad. None of this is bad. It's just what it is. We've largely transitioned from a society where there was a provider in the home. Mm-hmm. There was a caretaker in the home. We've transitioned to now a society where many families are dual-income families. Mm-hmm. And many, uh, you know, people, at least in our community, are educated on a college level. Men go out and pursue a job, they marry someone who is equally educated, who wants a career, they pursue a career together, now all of a sudden they have dual income. Think of this transition. Now they have a child. So they've been living off of two incomes and now they have a child. They have debt obligations based on two incomes and they have a life event or a change and now they're having to have a hard decision. What if the spouse wants to stay home? Can she? So we, we, we already, by the age of 25, by the age of 30, by the age of 35, are putting us in some interesting situations that have an impact on all of our family dynamics mm-hmm. and our decisions from there on out. So, um, you know, if, if, if you're in a marriage where you feel like your spouse, your, you know, your wife is, is, isn't contributing, that's, that's added pressure. You know, on a on a husband, uh, if you're in a marriage where both you and your spouse are contributing, and your and your wife has a, just a burning desire to do something different, maybe it's a nonprofit, maybe it's be at home with the kids, mm-hmm. there's financial pressure. So the communication is very, very important. But that's before huge. we know it, we think we're making easy decisions, yeah. and they just have significant impacts on uh, on the pressure in your marriage. Man, that's huge. Yeah.
0: Now, is that living above our means, or is that just a product of society? and kind of where we are. Things cost more, it takes dual income, or is that, you know, we get caught up in that rat race too?
1: Uh, it, it, Jeff, it's definitely both. Yeah. Um, you know, I think a lot of financial decisions come down to priorities. Yeah. Uh, and so if you, haven't, uh, if you haven't taken the time to clearly de- define what is important to me. That's good. And then if, and then if you haven't taken the next step to say, how how do i view money in light of what it's important to me mm-hmm. uh then then you're already you know you're already heading i, I don't want to say down a irreversible path but certainly a path that time you're going to have to address yeah uh, there's like i said uh you know jessica worked up until uh we had the twins it was great it's fantastic that's a desire of hers she will probably go back into the workplace at some point because that's a desire of hers mm-hmm. um, you know but so many times couples make decisions uh, and they're already obligated to some of those decisions, and they haven't given some thought around, what are my real priorities? Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk about this all the time when we talk about being a good steward of your money. Yeah. We talk about the idea when we discuss mission trips and talking about giving, yeah. and I'd and like to give more. I'd like to be more charitable. I'd like to take time off for mission trips, but I can't. <laughs> and, uh, and a lot of times it's not a lack of desire. It's a lack of there are obligations in my life mm-hmm. that I feel like supersede some of those priorities wow. and, and and we're all gonna wrestle with those things mm-hmm. so it's it's kind of where do you sacrifice and what's your priority um, you know we talked about the financial stress in terms of a marriage um, you know it, it's also interesting to know and you know this you've done a lot of marriage counseling and we've mm-hmm. had a lot of these sessions where we've had had some great people in here talking into our lives about uh, you know how to relate with your wife etc when you can when there's an area of tension this is what we've always found. When there's an area of tension, it's like it's like pulling on a bow. Mm. You know, the more tension, there's got to be tension there to ultimately have, you know, a bow work effectively, mm-hmm. okay? So so I would never say that financial pressures, uh, you know, are a 100% negative thing. They yeah, create yeah. tension in our marriage that needs to be addressed, and needs to be dealt with. But the flip side of that is just this sweetness that comes from some of working through some of those communications. So.
0: And, and I love the way you said that because it's, yeah, a lot of times we want to run for that pressure, but really that could be forcing us to communicate right. and forcing us to set priorities. And the fact of the matter is, I mean, a lot of people who are watching this, I mean, are successful by the world standards, right. have done a lot of great things. It can do, we all can do some great things for the kingdom, right. but we do have to set priorities and not get caught up into right. what society says. Right. T- tell us as you've studied, you know, kind of scripture and yep. your spiritual life, what, what do you think Jesus Says about money. What are the things that really jump out to you?
1: Yeah, this is great, I'm I'm going to reference some scripture here. Um, you know, uh, the topic of money is discussed in scripture more than any other topic. Yeah, 800 times. You know, That's we're amazing. talking about money, the mo- impact of money, the 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 worship of money, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's real easy. I was I was talking to another peer in preparation of this. It's real easy to think that money is evil. Money is not evil. No. Scripture doesn't say that. Scripture clearly says, uh, you know, some certain things about money that are interesting. Um, you know, here are some of my favorite verses. I kind of made a reference here. Matthew six twenty four: No one can serve two masters. You will either hate one and love the other. You will either be devoted to one or despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. It's, it's, it's 100% true. Wow. You can substitute money for any other thing that you might idolize or worship, but that is a chief competitor for our hearts. So Scripture is very clear about that. You read on a couple more verses, and we get the, the awesome scripture that normally is quoted when we talk about do not worry and we talk about provision, but it's so sweet. I, lo- I love reading this, Matthew 6, 31 30, through 33. So don't worry about these things saying, what will I eat, what will I drink, what will I wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs, Seek the kingdom of God before all else and live righteously. He will give you everything you need. So here we are talking about DNA provider. Maybe there's something in Scripture about what that looks like. And Mm -hmm. and is is it on us as men to be the provider? Yeah, sure it is. But we have a heavenly Father that's walking uh, along with us. And ultimately, he's our provider. Exactly. And so Scripture is very clear about these things. Uh, I'll tell you one more. We referenced this when we were talking about heaven last Mm -hmm. week. The idea of storing up treasure on earth versus treasures in heaven. The Bible's very, very clear about that. And the Bible's very clear about you know our reward will be in the next life. It's not in this life. You know would you would you would you trade the mansion on earth for the mansion on heaven? Mm-hmm. You know. And so we just need to be aware of some of this uh, from a saving standpoint. And uh, a blessing standpoint, you know, we always look at Malachi, and we say, uh, "And this is awesome." So most of you men know this, but the one passage in Scripture where God says, "Test me on this, yeah. test me and see if I will not open the floodgates and just pour my abundance upon you." And what he's referencing is if you're if you're uh, trustworthy and honoring my church and giving back and, 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 and helping others, just test me and see if I won't create abundance for you. Wow. And um, you see that. We share so, those yeah. stories, but there are just miracles that are done with men and women, families that are on their last dime, and they're sitting there and saying, you know, uh, I give up. I give up. I get it. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to prioritize. I'm going to set some priorities around this. I'm going to, I'm going to you know look to you to be my provider Mm -hmm. and just the the shift that occurs uh, it's not it's not the prosperity gospel It's Mm -hmm. certainly not that Uh, but you don't have to have all the money in the world to have a stress free life Mm -hmm. and feel like you're the richest guy in the room.
0: Tell us about that because I think you you nailed it you know we always think the answer is more money more more, more and it's not right you know the answer is learning how to uh, handle what we have so how do we how do we become um, financially free you know how do we experience this freedom that I think God wants us to have and live without there's always gonna be some pressure but live in this financial freedom how do we do that
1: yeah well I think it's I think it's uh, twofold and, and again uh, you know th- this is this is just from what I've learned what I've seen what I've experienced etc um, you know it, it's twofold one is just an education process mm-hmm. right so reading scripture praying to our Heavenly Father who is our provider Asking for clarity, and then seeking godly counsel. Yeah. Who are the other men in your life that may have wrestled mm, with us? That good. may help you in, in a process of education. Um, you know, I think I think it goes to the next point. We talked about this. If you if you haven't sat down and said, "What does it look like to be financially free?", then I don't know what you're aiming at. Mm. You know, we do this, uh, you know, on a real practical standpoint uh, every single day with clients. Mm -hmm. If we're not clear on the goals we're defining, how are we ever going to invest, save, and track uh, towards those goals? We'll never know. It's throwing darts at a a wall without a target. Mm -hmm. So spending some time, whether it's you as an individual or you with your spouse, and really saying what are the priorities that we feel like after seeking Uh, God's will through scripture and prayer after consulting godly counsel what are our priorities and then how do we begin to prioritize prioritize what's most important to us so that's an education process the last part about uh, the education process very few of us ever 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 do and it's the idea of having a working knowledge of what comes in the door and what goes out the door we're talking about money we can Mm -hmm. count it We can track it, we have all the technology in the world, but if you ask many men, many women, what do you spend monthly, they have no idea. What do you spend on average last year in groceries? No idea. What was that total of your electrical bills last year? No idea. Um, You know, we might know some things, we might know a car payment, we might know our mortgage payment, but for the most part, men and women are guilty of never educating themselves on what goes out the door. We have an idea of what comes in after taxes, but we're not sure what goes out so you've you've created some problems you we, we may have a lack of priorities we may have a lack of knowledge about what is our financial situation and so we've got to really educate and pour into those things the flip side of the education process is doing some just basic planning. Mm. And uh, there's no greater resource out there than Financial Peace University. A mm-hmm. uh, little plug for my cousin Kyle who's, <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, other, other members of the church that have been doing that. Um, and they're going to teach you some real basic things that will seem so basic, but they have huge impacts. Yeah. So educate yourself, prioritize, and then some of the planning execution is, are some simple steps. Let's see if I can create a budget. Okay, And before you create a budget, you're going to have to educate yourself on what goes in and what goes out. You can't blindly create a budget. You'll be wrong. Let's see if I can create a budget. And then let's start talking about some ideas around, does it make sense to have any type of savings set aside? 70% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. Wow, 70%. Something happens with their car, something happens at their house, something happens with health care. Wow. They're going to a credit card or another source of income or borrowing to, to finance that what does it look like to establish an emergency fund? We mm. toss that word around a lot, but that's really, really rooted in both biblical principles and just basic you know, financial um, you know, knowledge. Once you move past that education side, what are some goals that require me to save money? Mm. Is it that family vacation? Is it giving to, um, uh, you know, a, a certain project that you feel called to do? Yeah. Is it retirement? Is it educating my children? Is it another car purchase when my car dies out? And then start start working towards uh, aligning my resources with some of those goals. If we never do that, we're just blindly going. We're the 70%. We're going month by month and hoping that next, next month covers... Um, the other i 'll make one interesting there, thing there i 've always been very uh, uh, just, uh, just in all the idea that, that that Christ came to this earth and he, he was so radical with some of his yeah. thoughts on everyday life and it 's no, it's no different when you look at money you know Christ said, "Seek first the kingdom, all else will be given to you uh, christ 's model is a model of hey, what does it look like to give first? Do mm-hmm. you know, we talk about ten ten eighty mm giving the first 10%, saving the next 10%. And then guess what? I can spend the rest. And I don't feel guilty at the end of the month that I spent every dollar. I hope you don't, uh, but I don't feel guilty. I've set my priorities, I've made them first, and I'm I'm honoring that. The society view, (laughs) here's the radical difference, is I'm gonna spend on my selfish needs. I mean, they're not all selfish, but they're food, clothing, home, et cetera, whatever it is, but I'm gonna spend on myself If there's anything left over, I'm gonna save it. And only if I'm like well on track in my savings am I gonna give. Mm. And so it's, you know, society, 80, 10, 10. Our model might be a 10, 10, 80. I'd stretch the middle 10, but you'd probably stretch the upper 10, so. (laughs) (laughs) but I think
0: that what you're talking about is so important because, you know, we come to a point where money can control us versus us controlling money, right? And that's that whole stewardship, being a steward. you know. Talk about that for a moment because I think that's what you're hitting on. You know, are we controlled by money? Are we becoming slaves to it yep. <laughs> versus are we controlling it? You know, when Jesus said, if you're faithful with little, I will give you more. That's right. You know, are we being faithful with little, I right. guess, is where we
1: come deck to. Yeah, you, you hit it on the head. And, and this is what's been the most impactful in my life yeah. is the idea of the stewardship principle. It's mm. not my money. It's mm. not my house. It's not my car. You know, it's <laughs> not my issue. income. It's not my job. It's not my partnership. Uh, work partnership it's not it's not any of that that's God's it's a hundred percent wholly his I'm a steward of his resources that's easier for me because I work with individuals and in trusts and businesses et etc cetera, etc cetera, where people are named trustees over assets the trustees role he's not the beneficiary mm. he's the trustee it's his job to be the steward of those resources for whatever the name beneficiary is so that's common sense to me I work with it every single day uh, to most people, that is the fundamental shift that we've got to get people thinking about. It's not mine, it's God's. I'm a steward of His provision, okay? And when you can make that shift, um, I, I'm a huge, you know, I, I'll, I'll, you want to go play ball right now? Let's go play ball. I'm a team sport type of guy. I'd rather do anything with someone else than by myself. Love to play golf. You know that. I hate to play golf by myself. It's a weird thing. Love to go to restaurants will not go have lunch by myself you know you can call me like insecure or something but uh in reality i like a partner and so in my finances my heavenly father is my partner Mm. you know and so that's how i try to view it and i think i think that's a radical shift for most people
0: i do too i do too you work with a lot of high net worth uh clients you know and uh and a lot of people probably watching this and you know for all of us we get caught up in that mindset that man, our success is based on how much money we make, That's or are we right. always wanting more, we are always wanting more? Right. What have you learned from some of these high net worth clients yeah. that you work with?
1: Yeah, let me, let me share a couple thoughts here. Um, and, and, and you're right, and it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, when you're talking to affluent people who have been blessed, uh, you, it, it couldn't be more clear. There are individuals mm. that are slaves to money, mm. and they're consumed with it, and they will, they'll be the first to call when the market drops a fraction. <laughs> Uh, They'll be the first to, you know, be concerned over any little activity, etc. And that's okay. That's okay. Some people are wired that way, but they're slaves to those resources. Mm. And it's consuming them. Uh, The second thing is just such a sweetness and such a blessing. I'm so lucky to work with a lot of people that have been blessed and then in return view that as... Uh, the stewardship principle. They view it as I've, I've been blessed with this. It doesn't mean that I go do the next biggest, greatest thing. Um, it means that I'm able to support uh, other other ch- uh, churches, charities, mm-hmm. or people in need. So, so it's a polar opposite. But I but I can very clearly tell you that, um, that the, the the happier individual is the one that has some type of a connection with uh, something they feel heartfelt that their resources are supposed to be supporting. Uh, So it's really interesting. And then I'll share you this as we kind of wrap up. This was interesting. I found this this morning. This was from the Huffington Post, okay? They wrote this in 2014. And this kind of speaks to, you know, that's what I see with working with high net worth clients. And we talked about this financial pressures. And the first thought is financial pressures are with people that don't have money. That's the common sense thought. That's absolutely 100% incorrect. Mm. And so this is, this is just their list. This is you know Huffington Post, so it's not a church publication. Here are seven things that you should know about the psychology of money. More money, less empathy. So studies have found that wow. the more money you have, the less empathetic you are. It's kind of interesting. Uh, number two, wealth can cloud moral judgment. UC Berkeley did a, uh, this study where it said uh, it monitored people at crosswalks based on the type of car they drove. Four times more likely, people have expensive cars. Four times more likely, not to stop at crosswalks for people crossing. Wow. Okay, so it's a moral judgment issue. Or uh, I'm more important. It's, yeah. it's exactly right. Doesn't mean everyone's in that camp, but it's interesting how you know wealth moves us in some of those areas. Mm. Uh, wealth has been linked with addiction. That really is no surprise. Uh, money itself can be addicting. No surprise there. Uh, Wealthy children may be more troubled. I thought this was interesting. Wealthier children tend to be more distressed than lower-income kids and are at a higher risk for anxiety, depression, substance abuse, eating disorders, cheating, and and stealing. And they come to reference the idea that there's more pressure on some of these children to live up to the levels of success that maybe their parents have had. Yeah. Okay, so just a couple more here that I think are interesting. We tend to perceive the wealthy as evil. Uh, and then the last one money can't buy happiness or love and this is interesting It says there's no direct correlation between income and happiness after a certain level of income that can take care of basic needs the relative strain some say fifty to seventy five uh, thousand from that time on wealth makes hardly any difference at all to the well-being and happiness of these individuals and then instead data has suggested that money itself doesn't lead to dissatisfaction instead the ceaseless striving for wealth and possessions uh... is what leads to unhappiness and a lot of times you've seen statistics that link that to the wealthy more so than even lower income so it's this shift of uh... you know financial pressures are out there with all of us and we just have to be aware of them and we have to have eyes that view financial issues through christ's eyes and through scripture and through truth Versus through what society is telling us every single day.
0: Yeah, how, how do you see the role of generosity kind of coming in and being the antidote? I guess in some of that, in some respect to that. Or
1: yeah, this is a real quick one for me. Uh, being generous is the opposite of being, you know, uh, you know, it's the, an act of selflessness. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the more generous you are, it stretches every single one of us because I believe in our nature, we're all born as self selfish individuals, mm-hmm. and the act of giving is surrendering of something. Uh, that was never yours to begin with, but yeah. sure does feel like it 's ours it 's sure. and has so um, so the act of generosity a it 's biblical and this is this is so rich christ doesn 't need our money god doesn 't need our money the church doesn 't need our money it, you know lives are going to be saved one way or another it 's it's, it's interesting to me that and what i 've experienced is that it is more of a growing Period of an individual's life when they commit to being generous than it ever is. What What are the you know beneficiaries of of those resources? Wow. So it's 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 a direct reflection on what am I doing? How am I growing? Uh, in in ways you know? And how am I being generous? And a lot of time we say generous with our money. It's not always money. It's mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. It's other resources. Um, you know what are you doing with some of the things you've been blessed with? Yeah. It doesn't always mean writing a check.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, Thomas, this has been great. I tell you, this is been helpful for me, you
0: know, at <laughs> least and I have to have some discussions. But uh, what, what, what are two takeaways that you can leave with us today just in the area of finances? I mean, what are two things that you think, man, you know, guys, I know it's the summer. I want you guys to, I want you guys to get this. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I would, I would say, um, you know, it's, it's two things and I've harped on it. One has got to be a fundamental shift in the way that you view money. Yeah. Worldview versus a biblical principle. Yeah. Okay, so it's a fundamental shift. Uh, And then the second is back to that idea of educate and then plan, okay? And so uh, the summer's a great time. Mm -hmm. We always talk about vacations. Our industry is notorious for saying, how many hours did you spend this year planning your vacation? And, you know if we took a survey it's you know it's probably somewhere it's at least 10 hours yeah okay how many hours this year have you taken thinking uh, have you taken to step back and talk with your spouse about what are our financial priorities and what are we doing about them and the answer is generally about 30 minutes mm-hmm. so it's just it's just um the summer's a good time maybe you know uh if you're like me you have to schedule some time with your wife for a financial check-in because you know it's it's difficult if you don't do it so.
0: yeah that's great well, cool. wow, I, I, I'm so grateful. This has been good. That's yeah, great. Yeah, this is awesome. yeah, yeah. And, uh, man, I just appreciate your leadership, yeah, appreciate your heart, great. and um, the way you help people. Yeah. And, um, guys, I, I hope and pray this has been helpful for you today, and uh, just excited about what God's doing through the Men's Leadership Network. And we're going to kick off again in our fall series. It's going to start September 10th love for everybody to be a part of that um but i want to pray for us right now and then um i'll wrap us up great so father thanks for today and thanks for thomas and just the way you are working in and through his life i pray for every guy who's watching right now and i pray father that we would be men after your heart um god we are just called to be the providers and be spiritual leaders in our home and yet we take that on and we carry that burden and as thomas has reminded us father you have said That you will meet all of our needs if we seek first the kingdom of heaven so i pray god that we would today be the men that you've called us to be that we would step into some conversations maybe with our, our spouse with our family father that we would step up and say i don't have to live the way the world lives i can live my life for the glory of god and god you've entrusted all of us with resources and god just by virtue of where we live we are in probably the top 90, 95% of the wealthiest people in the world just by virtue of where we live. And so I pray, God, that we would be good stewards of what we've been given. Thank you, Father, for today. Thank you for the Men's Leadership Network. Thank you for all the guys watching right now and listening right now. And bless them today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Guys, thanks so much. We'll have a couple more this summer, so be watching for those. And I hope and pray you have a great summer and look forward to kicking off again September 10th. Blessings on you. Have a great, great day.